0: Welcome to UNews, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Thursday, October 17th. I'm Maite Interiano. These are today's headlines. Another key figure in the Trump administration testifies today before Congress. EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland is distancing himself from President Trump and his efforts to pressure Ukraine's president. During an explosive meeting, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi confronted the president over his decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria. And as President Trump cracks down on the southern border, desperate migrants turn to coyotes to get in the U.S., an exclusive interview with a human smuggler who explains the business is doing better than ever. This and much more today on U.N.E.W.S. recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. we begin today's show with a key figure in the impeachment inquiry and a renowned civil rights leader has died. Congress Elijah Cummings passed away overnight at Johns Hopkins University Hospital due to longstanding health challenges. Here's a look back at the story's career.
1: And this time, this time. All of our votes will be counted.
0: He fought for Baltimore and for civil rights. Representative Elijah Cummings served in Congress since
1: 1996. People are suffering and even dying, even as we debate today. That's a serious crime. Becoming a national
0: figure, serving as the chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee, a key force in investigating the Trump administration.
1: The one meeting I had with President Trump, I said to him, the greatest gift that you and I, Mr. President, can give to our children is making sure that we give them a democracy that is intact.
0: Cummings and the president clash repeatedly, including this summer when President Trump tweeted Baltimore was rat and rotten infested. Cummings defending his city and calling out language he called racist being used by national leaders. He also took on the White House when President Trump attacked four freshman women of color, tweeting, tweeting they should go back to the countries he said they are from.
1: When the president does these things it brings up the same feelings that i had over 50 some years ago and it's very very painful it's extremely divisive and i just don't think that this is becoming of the president of the united states of america the leader of the entire world
0: the powerful democrat known for his thunderous voice and fearlessness he was 68 may he rest in peace a senior democratic leadership aide says congresswoman carolyn maloney will take over as acting chair of the house oversight committee until a permanent chair can be elected the oversight committee is one of the three committees involved in the impeachment inquiry of president trump speaking of impeachment show- showdown the U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, George Lonsland, is testifying on Capitol Hill today, despite an attempt by the White House to block his testimony. And we're getting all the new details about why a former aide sounded the alarm about his conduct. Here's Claudio Cedia with the latest.
2: A very important testimony here on Capitol Hill. This, as in a press conference, Nancy Pelosi said that there is no timeline for this impeachment inquiry. Gordon Sondland, a key figure in the impeachment inquiry, is testifying behind closed doors. The ambassador to the European Union, a Trump mega-donor with no diplomatic experience, plans to distance himself from the president's effort to pressure Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, the president's political rival. Sonland is also expected to say that he believes it's wrong to invite a foreign government to conduct investigations to influence the elections according to his prepared remarks. Songland was called a potential national security risk because of his inexperience by Fiona Hill, the president's former top Russian adviser, during her congressional testimony this week. Songland has defended the president against accusations that Trump was withholding military aid to Ukraine until the Ukrainians agreed to investigate John Biden and his son. In text messages already turned to House investigators, America's top diplomat in Ukraine, Bill Taylor writes, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Sunland responds, the president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quo of any kind. According to The Washington Post, Songland is expected to tell Congress today that that response was essentially dictated by the president.
3: The text message that I saw from Ambassador
4: Sutherland, who's highly respected, was there's no quid pro quo. He said that.
2: President Trump has denied doing
0: anything wrong. Now, back to you. Thank you very much, Claudio Seda in Washington, D.C. And with us to talk more about the latest impeachment development is Joseph Moreno, a former federal prosecutor. Thank you very much, Joseph, for joining us today.
4: Certainly good to be here.
0: Joseph, EU Ambassador Sonland is distancing himself from President Trump. How important will his testimony be in the impeachment investigation?
4: Well, I mean, it, it goes along with a number of other key witnesses as to how much of this seeped into official U.S. government policy, right? Was this a pet project by the president and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to gain information from Ukraine, which has its own problems? Or was it tied even more intimately into U.S. military aid to Ukraine? And basically this quid pro quo we keep hearing about, right? Mm -hmm. Was aid held up until the Ukraine cooperated with whatever it was that Mayor Giuliani wanted from them. Ambassador Sundland is one of a few key people who may be able to connect the dots and answer some of those questions.
0: In his prepared remarks, Sondland also said that Giuliani drew a direct link between scheduling a White House visit for Ukraine's president and demands that they prioritize an investigation involving Biden. How will that testimony affect the case against Rudy Giuliani, and how could Giuliani face any charges for his involvement?
4: Well anytime you have any kind of aid or assistance or information from a foreign nation or a foreign governor or any foreigner that could potentially help a. US domestic campaign, whether it's a campaign for president or for Congress or whatever other office, that's a potential problem right there. So even if we don't go any further, even if we just focus on the on what we know, which is that to some extent, The president and his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, were trying to get information from Ukraine that could potentially hurt Vice President Biden in next year's election against the president. That could be a potential problem right there, even without a quid pro quo. Now, if we have a quid pro quo and it was tied to military assistance, it could only get worse.
0: And according to reporting by The Washington Post, acting chief of staff Mick Mulvane, sorry, put a hold on the aid to Ukraine at the request of President Trump. If the investigation corroborates that, would this be a proof of a quid pro quo?
4: Well, I mean, it really comes down to the evidence, right? Because the president could say, look, I was seeking corruption. And that's kind of what he has said so far. Now, in theory, there's nothing wrong with seeking out corruption. And you can certainly put a... Uh, sort of condition on foreign aid for a, a foreign country before they get money from the United States to fix certain problems or root out corruption. The problem is, when this was so specific to an issue that potentially helps the president in his reelection campaign, well, it looks less like re- legitimately rooting out corruption and much more like a political favor. So I mean, that's what you know. the, the, the investigators have to keep kind of digging into is, was this an official policy? Was it really contingent on getting this information before the aid could be released? That's a potential big problem.
0: And how much longer can House Democrats hold on closed door hearings?
4: Well, I mean, there's really no rules about how the House uh, conducts its oversight, or you know, in this case, an impeachment inquiry. And there's been some criticism that, that it's being done behind closed doors and that the public is not seeing it. But the reality is, the House can can conduct its oversight the way it wants. There's no rules or no cases or no courts that are going to tell it how it can and cannot do. And ultimately, it'll be up to the public to decide if they approve or disapprove of how the House handled it. But at the same time, the majority controls and what they say is going to be the way it's done.
0: Thank you, Joseph, for speaking with us today. Always a pleasure. And now to the controversy surrounding President Trump in Syria. Republicans have joined Democrats to criticize the president's policy. Trump lashed out in a tense White House meeting that descended into name-calling, prompting a walkout from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who called the president's performance a meltdown. Carolina Sarasa has all the reports.
4: we witnessed on the part of the president
0: was a meltdown.
5: Sad to say.
4: He was insulting particularly to the Speaker. She kept her cool completely, but he called her a third-rate politician.
5: After Democratic leaders criticized President Trump's behavior after a White House closed-door meeting on Syria, the President tweeted out these photos, sitting with stone-faced Democrats asking, do you think they like me? And labeling this one of Speaker Pelosi pointing at him across the table, nervous Nancy's unhinged meltdown. Speaker Pelosi seeing it differently, responding by making that picture her background on Twitter. All this comes after another contentious day for the president.
0: The A's are 354, the nays are 60.
5: Both parties in the House voting to condemn his decision to pull American troops from Northern Syria.
4: I asked the president what his plan was to contain ISIS. He didn't really have one. He said the Turks and the Syrians will guard the ISIS prisoners.
5: Democratic sources claim Trump downplayed his former defense secretary, James Mattis's, recent warnings about ISIS, saying Trump, who once called the decorated combat vet a true general's general, was now labeling Mattis the world's most overrated general, saying he wasn't tough enough, I capture ISIS. But the president's handling of Syria continues to draw sharp criticism from some of his closest allies.
6: This is a defining moment of Trump's presidency. If we abandon the Kurds, uh, it will be to our shame and to our national security detriment and uh, Trump will own the reemergence of ISIS.
5: Trump fighting back.
6: LINDSEY GRAHAM WOULD LIKE TO STAY IN THE MIDDLE EAST
3: FOR THE NEXT THOUSAND YEARS WITH THOUSANDS OF SOLDIERS AND FIGHTING OTHER PEOPLE'S WARS.
5: AND FURTHER DISTANCING HIMSELF FROM THE KURDS, KEY U.S. ALLIES WHO LOST THOUSANDS IN THE FIGHT AGAINST ISIS.
3: NOBODY WANTS TO SAY IT. WE'RE MAKING THE KURDS LOOK LIKE THEIR ANGELS. WE PAID A LOT OF MONEY TO THE KURDS, TREMENDOUS AMOUNTS OF MONEY.
5: THE WHITE HOUSE ALSO RELEASED A LETTER THE PRESIDENT WROTE TO TURKISH PRESIDENT ERDOGAN ON OCTOBER 9TH, WHICH WAS SENT AFTER THE PRESIDENT TOLD HIM HE WAS moving troops of the region. The president writing, you don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people and don't be a tough guy, don't be a fool. One congressman tweeting an image of the letter and writing, this is insane. Carolina Sarasa, U News.
0: And more on that photo, President Trump tweeted out from yesterday's White House meeting. When asked about the image this morning, Speaker Pelosi said she thought she may have been excusing herself from the room. She said most of the meeting focused on president's actions in Syria. She added, quote, at that moment, I was probably saying all roads lead to Putin. California is starting to offer some undocumented immigrants full access to health benefits. It's a historic move since no other state has expanded state insurance programs to low-income residents, no matter their status. Paula Byron has more.
3: The enrollment period for health coverage under the Affordable Health Care Act has already begun in California. and this time, undocumented immigrants from 19 to 25 years old will be able to obtain coverage through the Medi-Cal program. In California, we are recognizing how important the well-being of every Californian is. The law that provides health coverage for undocumented low-income youth begins in 2020, but it is recommended that they begin the process in order to obtain medical services at the beginning of the year. Take action. Go to a certified recruiter. They can also visit the website of Covered California to find where they can enroll in the program. Salvador Martinez is a young DACA beneficiary who has been burdened with costly medical bills after injuring his Achilles tendon. I have rent, light, expenses, and when you add a medical expense, you get into trouble. Sometimes you have to decide if you're going to the doctor or going to eat. An estimated 90,000 low-income undocumented youth will benefit from the program which will cost the state $98 million in the first year. In the face of the confusion over the Trump administration's public charge policy, immigration experts say this program should not have immigration consequences. When a benefit received is funded by the state, there are no immigration consequences. The issue comes when the program is federal. In Los Angeles, reported by Dulce Castellanos, Paula Byron, U News. Now to Mexico,
0: because of the long wait for those seeking asylum, some are relying on human smugglers to sneak them across the border to the United States. According to a man that works as a smuggler, it's a business that continues to be profitable despite policy changes. Nidia Cavazos has his story. Is it the same danger for you as it is for them?
1: No no if i sense danger i'll leave them and i'll come back you have to run and escape
7: this is a smuggler who wants his identity concealed he dedicates his time to the smuggling of immigrants and drugs across the u.s border even though thousands of migrants are in mexico choosing to wait for their political asylum many will seek the help of smugglers for a faster way in according to this drug trafficker The business has changed in certain aspects.
1: It's not easy anymore because there's lots of vigilance everywhere. But that's why we have people who are watching over officials. We check what time they're active, when they have breaks, and that's when we take advantage and cross over.
7: The majority of his clients are from Central America, and they meet up in Matamoros. He explains that half of the total price is required before crossing the river. The second half is due once they're in the U.S.
1: The price varies on where you're going. If you're just crossing, it's $1,300 to $1,500. If you're going farther, whether it's Houston or New York, it's $5,000 or more for the special trip.
7: His clients, he tells us, have an alternative way to pay him.
1: There are migrants who pay me by crossing my merchandise. If you don't have money to pay me, then cross a small bundle of drugs. If they have backpacks with clothes, then we take it out and put the drugs in, and sometimes they don't notice. It's a double business, smuggling drugs and immigrants all at once.
7: In the last few days, the water in the river has risen to a dangerous level for migrants who are choosing to cross to the U.S. through this route rather than having to wade by the International Bridge in Brownsville and Matamoros in Mexico for an indefinite amount of time. This smuggler explains that the area by the river, including the migrant camp, remains under their watch at all times. Everything is part of the business. Yamali, an immigrant from Honduras, tells us they have to look out for each other all the time. Some sleep during the day, others at night, so that someone can always be watching over the kids. For U News, from Matamoros in Mexico, Nidia Cavazos.
0: More of U News after the short break. Welcome back to U News. A historic day in Washington, D.C., the first ever congressional hearing to create a Smithsonian National American Latino Museum will take place in our nation's capital today. The measure has more than 200 co-sponsors and focuses on creating a museum to inspire and encourage respect and understanding of the richness and diversity of the American Latino experience within the U.S. Lots of new companies are jumping into a streaming game, setting up a showdown among media giants. Medium Arias takes a closer look at the growing competition and who is likely to win the streaming wars.
6: They're calling it the streaming wars. Top video content platforms battling it out for one thing, you. With more than 150 million subscribers, Netflix has long been the go-to for entertainment. For the first time in eight years, the company lost subscribers in the United States. Some fear things could get worse with new contenders entering the streaming game and bringing new rules along the way. Companies like Warner Media and NBC Universal are rapidly prepping their own streaming services. This means Netflix losing shows like The Office and Friends, reportedly two of the most popular shows on the streaming service in 2018. Disney, meanwhile, is launching its own streaming service starting November 12. It's also ending a licensing deal they had with Netflix. And in a bold move, Disney announcing that its TV networks would no longer accept Netflix ads, with the exception of ESPN. According to Disney CEO Bob Iger, their service will be very different, saying, What Netflix is doing is making content to support a platform. We're making content to tell great stories. But how do they compare in numbers? The standard monthly subscription for Disney Plus will be almost half that of Netflix. And soon after comes Apple TV Plus for an estimated $4.99 a month. Stars like Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Jason Momoa star in some of its upcoming original content. But is this enough to dethrone the long standing giant? Netflix reports it grew 500,000 U.S. subscribers in this year's third quarter. It also struck a five-year deal to host the very know? popular I sitcom, know. Seinfeld, starting in 2021. And it appears to not be too worried about upcoming competition, saying, while the new competitors have great titles, especially catalog titles, none have the variety, diversity, and quality of new original programming that we are producing around the world. Recently, Netflix revealed Stranger Things broke records with 64 million accounts watching the third season in the first four weeks. Miriam Arias, U News. Thanks for listening to
0: U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review and join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then...